Hello, and a warm welcome to the brand new Hound Hall podcast, a series that will endeavour to explore the drive and dedication of different individuals. In this first episode, I'll be talking to the wonderfully heartwarming Jilly Bate. She's a fly fishing instructor and all-round oracle on the sport, or is it an art? If you enjoy this and ramblings like it, then why not like and subscribe on your chosen platform? And if all else is done, then sit back, relax, and enjoy. Ten. Keep, yeah. keeps reminding me I'm ten now. Okay. Wow. And away, uh, it was just really cool to My be back. I was thirteen the other day. Yeah. It's just so, it so much fun. Well, I've got. I told you I've got a grandchild now. Yes. Just a yes. Louis. Little a Louis. new addition. So amazing. Which is wonderful. Is he fishing yet? He will be. <laughs> so my husband was trying to justify <clears throat> buying a um, a Hardy reel at nine hundred quid, and he was going, "Yeah, but." And it is a Louis. It's a Louis reel. And he I was saying, I, um, I can hand it on to Louis. And I was saying... Do you know what? That's a lovely And he idea. keeps going, I really want it. I really want it. And I can just buy it. We haven't been anywhere. We haven't done anything. We haven't been on holiday. You know, just buy it. Well, I was going to say, but it's a loads of cash of, in the bank now. You well, know, so. it's a lot of money, though. And I, anyway, he's got his birthday coming up. So I said, look, if we all chip in... But that is you know, surely a gift for life. Oh, it, so and they, if, they, so the hardy the reels cost, increase with value. A lot they do. Of them don't, but the hardy ones. And time do. used over that money yeah. invested, yeah. that's going to make it um, very cheap, I would say. So welcome, Jilly Bate. Are we starting? Yeah. <laughs> I think we already started. <laughs> oh, we no, don't that really record any of that stuff I was saying earlier. I'll be shot at dawn. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'll be sleeted. Mm. Um, yeah, um, hello. And kicking off our, our series of podcasts. Wow, you it's very, be, well, I'm very honoured. Thank you for inviting me. Gosh, that's quite frightening. Yeah. But uh, thank yeah, you great. very much. In so the pursuit cool. of excellence. Well, hopefully. We'll yeah, try. We'll we can only on try. With a diverse cross section of people and all the wonder that they create. Yeah, it's great fun. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And I think I think last month, everybody in COVID, everybody I knew was depressed and mm. feeling really down. And mm. I think the, the vaccination is being rolled out and yeah. we can see it's going to change yeah. and it will open up this summer. Thank you. I think goodness. it's a proper move forward now. There is light at the end of the tunnel yeah. uh, as opposed to it being an oncoming train. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the general feeling is it's going to be slow, but it's progressive. It's going to It's going to change. And spring, mm. I just think you get that sun and the daffodils and crocuses yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. It's a psychological lovely. effect, doesn't yeah. it? It just sort yeah. of lifts the spirit. And I yeah. think for me, the, um, going to fishery the other day, it's, it's the river is where I'm at, but it was lovely to go to fishery. A bright sunshine, and you could see the fish all moving around, and it was, oh, yes, yes, and the few were taking off the top, and it's just like glimpse. You know, it's like seeing the first buds yeah. of spring. First, it's just like, yay, we're wonder, on it, we're thinking, on it. Yes. Can't wait. Yeah, Can't wait. No, really exciting. Coaching. Yeah. I love the idea you're a coach, and I'm going to be really blunt. The fact that you're a female coach, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it's There's really, not enough of you. There's not enough, and I think it's really sad. I think, um, I don't know, I've been, a lot of people have kind of asked me the kind of girl thing, like, has it been difficult, blah, blah, blah. I was very lucky. I was brought up uh, with two older brothers, much older brothers, uh, and a father who encouraged me. He always said, you can do what's you know you can do whatever you want you know whatever you want to do I never thought I'd be a fly fishing instructor but uh, he's always encouraged me all he always encouraged me and so for me I never once thought 
I can't do this. And all I've ever had, I've been very fortunate, all the men I've met have been so amazing. And Thank you, Jilly. They've Thank re- you. Yeah, no, Thank they've you. really encouraged me and uh, they've been fantastic, absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, but we do need more. We definitely, it would be fantastic to get more girls out there doing it. Has, has, it, has it been a challenge? You know, from start from from when you decided you want to coach through to now, have you met with those sort of? I think when I started, when I started out, male orientated um, or dominated. I um, never felt okay. There's been the odd thing, like I go somewhere and somebody would say, "Oh, don't worry, there'll there'll be a fishing, there'll be a cooking demonstration, or you know that kind of thing going on." Um, Or are you here with your husband? But, you know, that, that, that's like the odd one, you know, and, and it's fine. You know, we're still, life is moving on. And if you go back 30 years, it was very, very different. Um, but I think attitudes now have just changed and they're never going to go back. Mm. So I don't think it's a problem. I've had lots of help. I think I found it a challenge, nothing to do with being female. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that when you get to a certain level, and I'm sure with your shooting, it's the same thing. Mm. You start off and you become a coach or an instructor. Mm. And at that level, it was kind of quite relatively easy. Um, but once I started trying to climb up and going to an advanced stage and trying to get better, it's it's tough. It takes a lot of work, a lot of training, um, and you and a lot of commitment. Yes. Um, yeah. But I'm really glad I've done it. But I did it for me more, well, because I wanted to be as Personal good as I could. Yeah, and, absolutely. And maybe I yeah. don't know. People have said to me, "Oh, did you find because you're a female, you had to prove yourself more?" Not because I felt any pressure from clients or from from people within the industry. Personally, I wanted to be as good as I could be yeah. so that when I was teaching, I was teaching to the best of my ability. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing, isn't it, you know, with coaching generally that, you know, as any good coach, I'm sure would agree, you, you, you sort of, you know, tread this. But I think it's ongoing. I think you're always learning. You never Not stop. Tacky, Ever stop. But there's always someone or something one day, you know, you think you've cracked it and then you go, oh, crikey. I had a client today. And, oh, I've never come across that. Interesting. So you are always learning. But isn't it a funny idea that we put this time and effort, well, it's a passion, so to a degree, it's sort of effortless. But we put all this input in to get to this level yeah. to actually then just be able to relay it all back out. It's quite an oh, interesting it's, it's, thought, isn't it's it? It's wonderful when you get, when you can see a real difference. Somebody well, comes for a lesson. What made and... you, though, want to... I mean, I see the personal achievement, and I know your father was a massive driver, God bless him, for yeah. you actually getting out there and, you know, within reason, you can do anything. But but what was the, the want to share information, to teach others? What What's the idea behind that I don't that know. For you? It was very bizarre. It was like a, it was like a, you know, a snowball rolling down a hill. It just kind of uh, got momentum and just kept going and still is rolling. And I think for me, um, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. A, I'm passionate about fishing. So mm. to be able to have a job. <laughs> but, but you know, you could almost, you know, you could, you know, practice your skill, hone your craft. Yeah. Do your thing. Go down blend into the water, into the landscape for all those sort of zen reasons. Why spoil it by bringing someone else into the fold? Oh, because I think it's a great thing to share. You know, it's like giving a gift. You know, when when you buy a present for somebody, it's watching their face open that present is the exciting bit. Um, And I think for me, uh, it's all of that. It's when you get people who are really keen and they're struggling and maybe something tiny you know, they might have been told something by a friend or a partner and you go, no, 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 try this. And it can be something really small and it can make such a difference and you, you light bulb moment. But you see them go, oh, wow, 
that's what I love. It's like, yes, because you know the next time they'll go out, they'll have confidence. And a lot of, and I think shooting's probably the same, Any, anything you do, a lot of it is confident. If you feel confident about what you're doing, um, you strive forward. Yeah. Whereas if you think, oh, I'm not really good at this and it's really difficult, you know, the whole thing, um, say, for example, salmon casting, I am not a salmon casting instructor so is at it all. So relating to like spay casting and, uh, and But so with the big double-handed yeah. rods, yeah. and I love it. And we do it every year, and I've been very lucky. I've been doing it for the last sort of 25 years. Really enjoy my salmon fishing. Um, but I'm not super confident on it. As I say, I'm not an instructor. We only go up maybe a couple of weeks every year, so that's not a lot. Um, so for me, being able to kind of improve and get that confidence, I can have an hour's lesson before or a couple of hours on the way up to Scotland, maybe with somebody. And when I get there, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And just the fact I'm more confident, it just makes it better. But there's a funny story there, isn't it? Because you grew up in Scotland and rode horses. Now you've moved out to Sussex and you go back salmon fishing. Well, <laughs> How does that, that yeah, work? exactly. Well, <laughs> it's always, it's like all of us, we all love going back to where we grew up. And for me, going up Scotland, it's, it's, my husband always laughs. He said, as we, he always lets me drive over the border. And he said, it's really <laughs> funny. He said, it's almost like your shoulders drop. And it's funny, I've been down here longer. That's because he's been driving for six hours. Yeah, he's probably. Had no, we share that. I love driving. <laughs> but it is that thing of still going home. And also, it's so beautiful up there. I mean, I just, I'm, every time I go up, it's just wow. The scenery, the whole thing, and the fish are just magnificent. Yeah, it's stunning. There's such a, it's such a privilege to be able to salmon fish. It really Which, is. Do you go to, do you, do you regularly visit a certain place? We regularly go on the Spey and that's yeah. really where we'll be going. But we have fished the Tweed and the Dee and the Findhorn and, and many others. But the Spey is our constant every, every year, yeah. um, which is what I love. So. Ignore that noise. Yeah, what, what that is that is, noise? <laughs> I think it's your beautiful voice that's actually got one of our Labradors quite excited. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I'd actually forgotten he was here. So um, I won't say hello to the dogs. If I say his name, he'll start banging at a faster tempo. It's going to be quieter. I thought it was a dog tail. That's, that's so yeah. funny. Um, but, yes, yeah, so Scotland is, yeah, it's just magnificent. But what I'd really like to do, um, I do a lot of, as I say, salmon fishing. I'd yeah. like to have the time to try and do more trout fishing up there yes. because the wild trout fishing in Scotland is phenomenal. And yeah. everybody thinks the chalk streams which are beautiful because they're always crystal clear, even after lots of rain. Um, but it's those big wild fish, you know, that maybe nobody's caught or being in a bit of water that very few people have fished for trout because it's a salmon river. Um, and there is a difference, and I understand why a lot of those beats are kept purely for the salmon. But um, I want to try and do more of that if I can, and hopefully we can travel more. So where, where did the, because I know you originally, you were very much into horses and, you know, equestrian sort of Well, it's just being out, yeah, pony where, where mad. Where did the fishing kick in Yeah, I never. stop? Well, when I was growing up, obviously growing up in Scotland, uh, my father, would, we would go out, I was very lucky, we'd go out for picnics and we'd travel around and uh, you would, I would see people fishing and I had a fascination, fascination with water, always have had of that thing of, you know, looking into water and seeing things, that, that alien world just always fascinated me. Um, and swimming as a child in rivers and things up in Scotland, freezing, but you do it. Um, but I'd no interest in fishing myself and then got married and uh, my husband has all he's fished since he was about 10 years old so he would initially he took me kind of lake fishing and then we would go up to Scotland and I would sit in the car while he would thrash the river to a foam um, in the pouring rain you reading and, a cookery book whilst he was well, I do, yeah ex indeed yeah, but it, I just yeah. thought he was completely <laughs> mad uh, and then two sons 
And obviously they wanted to fish and we're a farming family and we're very lucky, got a small sort of pond lake thing on the farm and he would put just a few rainbow trout in every year for them to play, basically. And uh, so I would then end up being with the boys and helping them and they started doing a children's course, a Hampshire, it was Hampshire um, Salmon and Trout Association. Being the kind of mother I am, bossy probably, um, I would go along and take cake and... uh, by this time, I could kind of put a rod together. And I just met all these guys fishing. And I I don't know, it just started... I just started to get a bug for it. And then I caught my first fish. And it was like, wow, this is so much fun. This is really good fun. I kind of got the buzz of it. Then we got invited up to Scotland with some friends. And what I really liked was there was a big crowd of us. There was 14 of us in a house, salmon fishing. And it then become, became a social thing. Yes. So fishing can be a very isolating thing. Yes. Or you can do it with friends. And I just love the idea of being with friends, catching fish, and, the, and then the excitement of, how did you catch that fish? Talk me through it, you know. And it was, it, I don't know, I just found it really exciting. And I think, um, but I was still riding. And then I do think things happen. I think a lot of things happen in life for reasons. Yes. And I had a very, very bad riding accident when I was 39, having ridden all my life. Um, but I've smashed all my pelvis up, and so I couldn't ride. You've healed quickly in a year. Sorry? I said you've healed very oh, quickly in, in a year. Oh, indeed. Just incredible. one year away. Yeah, yeah No, no, a long time ago. <laughs> and uh, I had this riding accident, and I just thought, my children were young at the time, and I just thought, actually, I'm going to take a break from the riding, and I'm going to get more into the fishing. And so I think it was kind of, it was meant to be, because it kind of pushed me towards the fishing side. Yeah. And then because of all the people I was meeting um, and because I was doing more fishing and I was a a woman and one of few, people started asking me to teach their children or their wife or their sister. um, And I was like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I thought, well, I want to get better. And I was encouraged by others, which was fantastic. I had all that encouragement. And uh, so I took an instructor's course or coaching, well, I did both coaching and instructors course, did that and qualified. Again, not really sort of thinking this is going to be my job. It was just, this is going to be lots of fun. But but I mean, that in itself is a huge achievement, you know, and it's interesting that shift that you rode horses to whatever level, doesn't matter, but you didn't become a BHS instructor. Uh, yeah, no, that, yeah, I was never, it, I love my horse riding. So you've almost found a new passion, but it's that, that amazing drive as well. So to, to, to change sport, yes, I can see that as a natural, you fall into something, yeah, yeah. right time, right place, different age. You think, yeah, this is great, lovely. And I can see that it's, you know. Actually, it's interesting, it's interesting, actually, you kind of bring that up, because I do wonder, now that we're talking about, maybe with the riding, you know, there are so many amazing people. And I was never, you know, I was safe and I was solid, but I was never, I was never going to be a top. I was never that competitive in my riding, actually. I just like galloping around the place. Um, But with my fishing, maybe at that time, because there was very few women doing it, I saw a kind of spot that I could kind of fill the gap and it wasn't so competitive. And so I felt quite comfortable. I don't know. It's interesting. And I I wonder, it's interesting, you tap back to your father, which I know very sadly, mum and dad are both, bless them, up in the the field in the sky. Indeed. Along with lots of our sort of (laughs) relatives and people we we used to know and love. Do you think that... um, I don't know, this weird, I, I, I can't really put it into words, but you, you stumble, you find this new outlet, you get a passion for it, you, you get an interest, you, you not only do the, the coaching courses, but then you go and start doing what you just mentioned, the very difficult sort of follow-ons, the sort of the, the higher yeah. levels of coaching. 
Do you think there's a bit of dad there on, on your shoulder pushing you? That old you can do he anything. He always encouraged me to do anything. And I think I think he would have been astounded to think this is kind of the path I've gone down. Um, but I think, yeah, it, there was always a constant encouragement. But I think what I found with the fishing, it's the only thing and still is, actually my fly tying that was doing this, but when I'm fishing, I'm just gone. I mean, I'm, I can't think of anything else. And so... People talk about meditating or um, time out of real life, good for the mind, all that kind of stuff. And I find with my fishing, that's when I, I mean, my husband will quite often say, where are you? <laughs> because the day has just gone and I've not even noticed. Yeah. And I never got that with riding. I'd be out riding thinking, oh, when I go back, I've got ironing to do or I've got to pick yes. up the kids or I've got this and da, da. And there was all this other stuff. But with fishing, I've found uh, for my soul, it's been the most amazing thing. And also, as I say, I, I do like to fish on my own. I like to have days where I'm completely on my own because I can really concentrate. But when I'm with friends, I like the social side of it. And the friends I've met through fishing we're all mad. I mean, we're all completely passionate about it. And yeah. I've never found anything... I guess it's like people who are really into football or, or rugby what or is, cricket or whatever. You, you, you've got that thing that you're all connected with. I was going to say, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Because you can tie a social aspect around most sports. Give yes, or take, exactly. And, or you can do them seriously on your own or with another. But it's having that, that invisible, that magic, that sort of that draw, isn't it, that sort of gets you inside, that you just... I don't know, become it, or you just, I don't know, something changes. It becomes something cha- more yeah, than the sum I of its parts. I don't know why it took over. I suppose it's called a passion, is it? I, but I it is know. a complete passion. And just from the moment I get to the river, I'm in my happy place always. Um, and quite often the family will go, why don't you just go fishing if I'm being miserable? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a couple of hours on the river and I'm just a different person. I don't know why. And it's not, it's not about just catching the fish. It's about everything else, you know, seeing a kingfisher or, you know, deer running past you or water voles on the bank or um, I was down last year on the Wiley um, and I know there are otters and I've seen them occasionally, seen them in Scotland, seen them in Wales, but I've not seen them close up and I had a lovely moment on the Wiley when I was fishing uh, last autumn and this little young otter was right in front of me just playing and it just made my day, you know. I, in fact, I wasn't really bothered about catching fish because it, it, just seeing that wild creature nobbling, you know, I don't know what it was eating, but eating, turning over stones and chewing away on something. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I think it was after bullheads or something, but it was turning stones over. And then when they swim, it's just, oh, that's what I love. Do they eat crayfish? I'm sure they do. Yeah, I'm sure they one, do. They've they? got big gnashes, haven't they? So I'm they sure they can... ravage the banks, don't yeah. they? The signal, although they taste good, though. Well, they're fun, aren't they? If you yeah. can, it, we. I mean, there's so many on our local rother. There are so many of them. There's in the way. Yeah, it's, they it's put teeming. traps down. Yeah, yeah, and catch them. Yeah. Be good to get them out, but yeah. I think they're here to stay, though, aren't they? I think so. Yeah, mm. unfortunately. Who's easiest to teach, a male or a female? Oh, I get asked that a lot. <laughs> I don't. I think it depends on the person, actually. Um, I would say overall, females. I find possibly easier and I think because but that could be a that could be a uh, slightly misconceived by me and I I think quite often when I get females to come to me they are beginners so they will listen to everything I say because they don't know any different whereas with a lot of men I get 
they've already been fishing for a while and they're coming for lessons. So they might have, uh, oh, well, I wasn't taught how to do it this You know, I've been doing it this way. Mm. So sometimes if I say, oh, but maybe try this. Well, the fact you're here means it's probably not working, right? <laughs> well, you, well, no, I would never say that, but just maybe try this. It might actually be that? better. Um, and I think, um, yeah, so I'm not sure. I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I think it just depends on the person and the attitude and how how keen they are. I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves. I get a lot of people who come along um, and they almost try too hard. It's like any of us. Um, and they get anxious about what they're doing and, you know, it's not good enough. And, you know, and so you then have to step in and say, OK, let's go and have a coffee or let's just catch fish or let's look at some flies and move them so that they're not stuck on one aspect of what they're doing. I find with um, with shooting, just, just to generalise, just very loosely, from, from a novice shot to an established shot, through those novice stages, you teach them pretty much a, a, a he or she, a generic yeah. set process, you know, and it's, it's a combination of stance and how you hold the gun yeah. and reading targets. And there's a couple of different styles on how you can attack targets. But, but that aside, when then he or she gets to a point of proficiency, um, which there's sort of variance of yeah. to a degree, um, then they then they sort of hit this this plateau and uh, you know and go off and, and they want to in a nice place, uh, and then they start to personalise, right? Mm. The, the, the the mount or the little without going into details. It's not about shooting. Well, that's today, that's but then but a they, style. But yeah, that's right. Yes. So there you go. They create their own style. Yeah. Or Does that happen with fly fishing with casting? Because obviously I've seen. I mean, it's it's such a beautiful art casting a fly rod and less is more yeah. and not thrashing the rod but is it is it feasible to personalize it to a degree very very much so so there is um and there's been lots written about it substance versus style so the substance is obviously the nitty-gritty the mechanics um and trying to make sure that the mechanics throughout all the different uh teaching qualifications because there's lots of different organizations teaching making sure there's a standard so that the mechanics are pretty much the same all the way through, but you will then get people with a certain style, and it depends. And also, um, if you think of somebody, so I'm I'm small, I'm just over five foot, and uh, I'm a little person. If I'm teaching somebody who's six foot and a bigger person, it's just slightly different. Slight, and, and also if you're a big, strong guy, you're going to have that great strong wrist when you're casting. You're going to have a bit more power there. If you're teaching somebody like me, little feeble wrist, it's different. So, but the mechanics are the same, but the style is going to be slightly different sure. as well. It's interesting. So I have two two sons, and they've both got completely. You know, I've taught both of them the same stuff, completely different casting How style. One of them is much more laid back and very slow and very gentle, and he's got a much longer casting stroke, and he's just much slower. The other one is much more faster and always wanting to cast as far which, as he can. Which one represents you? It depends on what mood I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that very slow, you know, it's like when you watch dressage or, or, or shooting or yeah. fishing. Anybody who's very good literally looks like they're hardly doing anything. Yeah. You can watch them, you're trying to really watch them closely, and you're thinking... What are they doing? They're hardly moving and it's effortless. And so when I sort of, either I've got to be very laid back when I'm doing that, I'm just like really relaxed and enjoying myself. Um, but sometimes, yeah, I will get a bit overexcited. I get very overexcited when I'm saltwater fishing. Yes. Um, because I 
don't do it very often. Yeah. Um, but when I do it, if you you know you're out and and the problem with the saltwater stuff is you might get one shot. So you'll be after a permit or something. It suddenly comes around the corner. You've got a guy on the boat on the skiff going, okay, 10 o'clock, cast, 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 cast. Oh. And so that's when it all type, kind of that lovely octane. casting tends to go out the window. And actually, yeah. it, it, it's really bad because that's actually when you really need to be concentrating and relaxing and getting that good it, cast. It, it is a wonderful art. And I'm, I'm going to tell a rubbish story, so I'll make it very brief because I can't remember the names. But there was, there was an episode of Jack Hargreaves where he goes to, uh, I think somewhere in Hampshire, and there's the, at the time, this is probably set in the early 70s, uh, a chap, of course, who is the British casting champion. Yeah. You know, he's the business. And he is fabulous. And he's throwing this line out to, you know, to very easy to great effect. Um, and then they, not literally, they wheel in this uh, very elderly French gentleman mm. um, who apparently is the world uh, uh, champion. champion. And and <laughs> I think it's a bit of a dig at the British, actually. He does some casting with his rod. Then he pulls the rod apart, mm. takes the top tip, pulls out a load of line, and then proceeds to put the line twice as far <laughs> as the English. And I thought, that's incredible because his rod must be, I don't know, four, five foot max. If that oh, that he's using, oh, well, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that afterwards, and I'll give you the link. It is quite incredible, and it proves that sort of fluid. It's not aggressive. He's a very small, slight guy, and he puts this line out for miles, and you just That's think really that really is. An it's art holding form. tension. The most I have the DVD. I'll share it yeah, with you. Yeah, it's, it's having tension on the line. So um, be really interesting to see how he's doing that because I like to, you know, I want the rod to do all my work. I actually don't want to do very much at all because I'm yeah. quite lazy. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's always getting that line off the water and then you're kind of playing with it. It's like, okay, well, what are we going to do with it now? You're kind of holding. It's a bit like the guy with the. Um, do you remember when we were kids? There was a television program. And those guys used to come on with their sticks with the plates yes. and spin the sticks. And as long as there was tension, the stick, the That's plate it. would keep spinning. And it's that kind of thing. Once you've got that line up in the air, you kind of got hold of it and you should be able to do That's a metaphor for my it. life, I think. Lots of plates spinning. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, me too. Always busy. Oh. No, but no, no, it's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful art as well. I mean, I love... Um, as much as I like fishing, I really enjoy the casting. Mm. Um, and I do enjoy just going out in the garden um, or into a field or whatever and just actually playing with the rod and casting. Yeah. Well, I, I guess rather like shooting and like a lot of, uh, uh, you know, sports-related golf, tennis, yeah, yeah. You, you can get to different levels depending on your requirement and how passionate you are. But it's actually uh, on maintained condition. You've got. I mean, well, would, it, would, it be, would it be fair to say, just hypothetically, I know it would never happen, if you didn't cast a rod for a year mm. and then you picked up your rod, that actually you might not be quite as good as you were you a year ago? Well, it, well, for example, so we've had lockdown and winter and cold weather. So January, February, I've only just started. I went down to the lakes at home the other day um, and just practising. And it was like, oh, crikey, <laughs> right, I need to sharpen up a bit. And I always, before the season opens, I always start. I have targets in the garden. I put... Um, flower pots out at different angles and just practice my casting my side casting and there's a little kind of routine where I go left and right um distance casting and I get people saying but why why Julie you don't need practice yes I do I absolutely do mm. because if sometimes those particularly a wild fish you might get one shot at it yeah. so that cast has got to work and also muscles muscle memory you know it's a bit like people exercise if you stop exercising for a year 
your muscles go all floppy. Yes. But it, at the end of the season, you know, if you if I had a bare arm and you took a shot of my arm, mm. you can see the muscles on the arm when I'm tensing and, you know, yeah. untensing. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, you've got to keep that up. Yeah, I've got one arm like a hermit crab and the other's weak one. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually a male thing. <laughs> Skipping on. Um, fly fishing or course fishing? Well, I'm a fly fisherman. What? what, fly- what, what so uh, the, the difference, you know, is one better than the other? I don't think one's better than another. I think it's just whatever turns you on. I think it's whatever you like. I mean, fly fishing was my entry into that world because of my husband. Um, I think... Do you I think did... if your husband course fished and had, taught, had, had, had sort of, you know, given you a sort of a, a little nine-foot river rod and a stick float and a little Mitchell reel and got you trotting and then maybe got you into I a seven, do you think I you'd have gone into that? I don't think it would have had the fascination for me. I think what I, I like is I actually like the kind of mechanics of the casting... There's so much more. There's so many different levels to it. Is what I enjoy. I don't know enough about course fishing, but I think it's it is fun, and I've been out with spinning rods and all that kind of stuff, and I enjoy it. What I That's don't not like, proper fishing. what I don't like, is all the kit. <laughs> you know, when I go out with a fly rod, I've got a fly rod. I can just have a little box and all my kit around my neck or a tiny little bag. It's light. It's I mean, easy you, to travel. You You've can, got everything. You can tone down course fishing, but I know that actually, and, and I am a, a, a you know a committed course fisherman, um, but it does look so much more compact. Well, it is. I like the movement as well. I yeah. like the fact that I'm I'm hunting. Yes. I feel I probably don't know enough, but I feel that when you're course fishing, obviously, is it um uh, what do you call them? Um oh. I'll come back to it in a moment. Swim, river? Thank you, swims. Swim, yeah. You'll search a swim and then yes. you move on and search a swim. But what I like with the fly fishing and what I do, it's all upstream most of the time because yeah. of the nature of the chalk streams. Sure. Um, but I'm basically at the river and I'm hunting. It's me for that one fish. It's not just any random fish that's swimming around. Lake fishing's different because they're swimming all over the place. But in a river... I'm trying to find that fish, and it's me against that fish. Can I catch that one fish? And there are some fish which I've sat down for an hour, watched them for ages and ages and ages before I've made one cast, and just watched and, and maybe missed them and practiced again. And that is the, that's the buzz for me. Well, I suppose it really, I mean, I know some people are committed and, you know, I, I do this and therefore, you know, I've got a yacht so we couldn't possibly have a speedboat. You know, that would be mm. uh, appalling. But you, you, you really, and, and for some time now, the two have overlapped, haven't they? I mean, oh, you, very much People fly so. fishing Absolutely. for pike. For bar- I mean, imagine catching a barbel on a fly rod. I mean, that's going to be I haven't caught a barbel fun. on a fly rod, yeah. and I would absolutely mm. love to. So I mean, just another technique, isn't yeah. it? You know, fly, float, ledger, swim feeder, method, yeah. da-da-da. You know, just different. You're very connected on a fly rod. I think mm. you're very... It's much more... Um, I had some amazing guys that came... It wasn't last year, year before. They were, I didn't realise. They bought the day at an auction, and they came to me, and they were... The, one of the guys, I didn't realise, but he was one of the top carp fishermen in the country. Called, what was his you know, name? Oh, I can't remember his name, but you know you get the you get the name of certain Herm? carps. That... Terry Han? No. I'll look he, him up. He's on my he's, Instagram. But anyway, he was such you, you, a cool guy. You, you probably don't know this, but Jack is... Uh... Is uh, Houndhall's answer to carp fishing. Oh, is, uh, how yeah, cool. Well, he is, we'll have to, uh, no. He's the man. But this guy was amazing. And he said, we've, I've always fancied just trying all the, the, the idea of fly fishing, the fact it's lighter. So I took them to the lakes and we were catching, I don't know, two to four pound rainbows. Mm. In comparison to the carp he was fishing, which was <laughs> this big. Yeah. He couldn't believe. He said, I can't believe I'm catching something that's two pound and I can hardly control. I've, I've got feeling it. 
every every movement of that fish mm. and he said this has been such it was it was brilliant because mm. they they loved it or they seemed to love it so it's funny though I always remind me not to go off too too heavy into fishing but um there's a beautiful bit of footage i think it's on youtube of the wonderful god bless him john wilson oh fantastic um with a fly i think it's sort of late mid late 80s yeah um judging by his shorts um and he's fly fishing dog biscuit for yeah. carp and catching fairly healthy carp on fly tackle. Yeah. And the, you know, his shrieks, laughter, the fun. You think that must be amazing. It's good fun. I've Lovely caught, balance I've caught of, small of, carp of... on the fly at the lakes at home, but those big ones, they're very clever. Yeah. Um, and you need to be going to a lake, I presume, where, I mean, at home, we've got carp in there. We can't catch them. And even people fed them. They're just, they're too clever. Um, yeah. People, but it's because we also got too many trout in so there. So trout silly then? Is that what you're saying? Sorry? A trout silly then. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I think the carp are very wise. I think the carp are just lazy, yeah. And probably, mm. uh, yeah. But I have caught them and it's, it's, it's it always catching another species in a fly rod is always mm. great fun. Mm. Um, pike and the fly are hellish fun as well. Oh, I, I really enjoy those. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Do you, what, what, what do you think generally Great Britain, all of our wonderful rivers and waterways, yeah, do you think they're looked after? I think they're getting better. There are so many. So at the moment, in fact, I've just been, uh, there's a new um, group that have just started up called River Action and uh, the, the Angling Trust. There's lots of people trying to do yes. Wild Trout Trust. Um, there's some great names out there, people mm. supporting them. And um, But it has to be done. I mean, some of the rivers, I mean, we've had all sorts of problems on the test that were on the itching with uh, watercress pollution, where they've been washing the watercress and stuff has been going out and they've managed to close down some of these things. Um, but there are problems. And, you know, we used to, I always think, because I, I do tend to have a very optimistic outlook <laughs> and think everything is wonderful and rosy in my little world. Um, but on the river test, I know when I talked to some of the older guys that have been out there for a long time, and they were saying, you know, the mayfly hatch going back 10 years, 20 years was unbelievable. And I can see a difference now. There are less insects and they're doing river counts where they will take... Um, in a square, they will count gamerous, the shrimp. Yeah. And you would get, I can't remember what the exact measurements are, but say you would get 100 in that square. Yes. And that was norm in those days. Now you're getting 10. What's causing, That's not healthy. What's causing that decline? All sorts of things. Pollution, dare I say it, from uh, agriculture. My husband's a farmer, but luckily we're not near a river course. Um, yeah. Pollution, runoff from roads, um, and then we've got abstraction, people taking too much water out. People are dumping sewage into the river. There are companies using water from rivers to wash stuff and then dumping it all back in. I mean, there are some terrible things going on out there. Mm. And we, it, we do need to be vigilant. And the more support we can get, because we're so privileged to have this. But it's like all these things. So it's, an, it's well, I say an ignorance. It's a, people just don't seem to understand, do they? They, they? they live their lives, certainly, you know, in sort of built up areas. Everybody goes about their, you know, daily business. What happens when the sun comes out? They want to drive down to the countryside. They want to go and walk through the fields and along those Yeah, but banks. I think it's companies. I think I don't think it's individual. Yes, you always get individuals throwing the old mm. thing in, but I think mm. it's more... Um, and there have been some blatant... Um, I mean, I was utterly, problems. utterly, utterly shocked. Uh, and I mean this hand on heart. Uh, when I saw the news back, I think in the... I'm going to get this wrong now, but I think it was between the first and the second lockdown mm. with the, the, the sudden influx of people down to Dorset. Is it Dirtle yeah. Door with the, the rock, with the, yeah, the yeah. hornet? Yeah. And, and there was that picture when literally everybody had left. It was literally, it was it's almost like, it, would, it almost looked like it was set up 
Yeah. Like we've gone, right, everybody goes on the beach, you have a bit of plastic. When you finish, just leave the plastic and then go off, you know? It's just it's unbelievable. Like everybody just gone, fuck it, I'll dump something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. It, it, it is unbelievable. Like appallingly incredible. That people just have no, it's no, it's lack of respect. Total. And I don't think that's, I think it's lack of respect. And I think it's, it's just truly shocking. You know, we've all got to live here. We've all got to, you know, live on this planet. And we have got to protect it for future generations. It's vital that we look after it. And the chalk streams, obviously that's my little world. I mean, all the rivers in the UK need protection. Um, but, you know, they are very, very special. We've got 80% of the world's chalk streams in, in the UK. We've got to look after them. Do you think we're doing enough? No, I think there's a lot more that can be done. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of people out there campaigning. I mean, the problem is it's, you know, there's only so much money, I guess, trying to help these things. But I think there's a lot more awareness now. I think going back 20 years, everybody thought life would be fine and it would all sort of look after itself. Whereas I think people now are realising we have to manage everything. We mm. can't just let it go on its own. Yeah. Do you eat trout? I occasionally eat trout. Do you think it's, do you think it's eaten enough? Do you think in, uh, enough people eat it, buy it? Do you think there's enough available? I think that people should definitely be eating smoked trout. Yes. I think people, I don't understand why people aren't eating more smoked trout. I think smoked trout's fantastic. Yeah, it's stunning. Um, and there's, it, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't see why not, why people aren't that keen on it. But then fish generally, if you think of the population as a whole, a lot of people don't eat fish. Why is that though? I, don't, I think with some fish, it's the bones. It puts mm. people off. They don't know how to fillet them properly. Mm. Um, trout, when you fillet them, it's easy to cook them. And there are very few bones. The bones are only on the edges, but there are very, very few. And I think it's lack of knowledge on how to cook them, really, a lot of it. Do you think it's tougher for sort of youngsters to get, you know, into the sport now? And, I, and, I, and, and by that, you know, I sort of cast my mind back to when I was very young and I used to fish a little section of the river way mm. uh, and that wasn't with a fly rod it was with a little float and a piece of sweet corn um but i used to catch these little sort of you know wild trout and if i caught one of a size i'd bonk it on the head and take it home and gut Lovely. it and eat it and i remember do. the first trout and i I'd, I'd not to send this for for continuity i had my grilled trout some little new potatoes and some sweet corn what could be better i mean it was heaven yeah I mean, do you think youngsters... Are able, I mean, you know, you, you go to a river now where... I, mean, I don't think you're meant to fish the river away, actually. Um, but it's, see, everything seems so much more restricted and controlled. And Do you think that's true or do you think there's still I think possibly it depends where in the country you are. I think a lot of the rivers now, because there are so many anglers, I think a lot of the rivers are controlled. So there are very strict rules on fishing generally and how many fish you can take. But I think there are still pockets around or free fishing where kids can still go and they should be able to take a trout. I think that's, I mean, I remember my husband saying he caught, is it a taupe? Yes. When he was not very old, I think yeah. he went out and he brought it home and apparently his mother cooked half of it and he said we could, they couldn't even cut it up because it was like leather. <laughs> and it was, but it was that thing, it was that trophy of coming home. Because um, yeah. kids... And I think kids love to know where stuff comes from. And yeah. I think that's the problem. Maybe a lot of them don't know where stuff comes from. But I think there are so many programmes now on television. And I think it's, it's such fun when you catch your first trout and you take it home and you mm. eat it. But I also get it's very interesting at the moment. I'm teaching a, I've got a lovely little 10-year-old who's super keen on conservation. He's very keen on catch and release. And that's because he's so conservation-minded. And I think with salmon, everybody has got into the catch and release. Yes. So it's kicked over for him onto the trout and what is quite difficult for him is 
he's keen to fish all the time. And so, for example, last weekend we were at a lake and it's catch and kill on rainbows. And he was really upset that we had to kill them. Right. And I said, well, I'm afraid at the moment here, when we get to the river, we can do catch and release. But here we've got to kill these fish. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, luckily his parents like trout, so they went home. But he just doesn't like... I don't know. He's just so conservation-minded. Did it perk him up when it was cooked and presented, or was that even worse? <laughs> yeah, he will eat it. And yeah. I mean, you know, he's not vegetarian or anything. No. He just loves the environment, and it's amazing that at ten, um, he's asking so many things about the environment That's and amazing. protecting yeah, the rivers. Yeah. And um, apparently, he's just done something recently at school on the chalk streams, and you know, to the whole assembly, which is wonderful. Do you yeah. think children are taught enough about rivers and, and sort of woodland and agriculture and landscapes? And Do you think there's enough of it in the curriculum? Do you think that's... Having not got to... children of that age, to be quite <laughs> honest, I've absolutely no idea. I'm going to be really honest here. But I think there are so many nature programmes mm. out. Um, I think there are a lot of books out. I but think. they are, but some of them are very, uh, shall we say, sort of... Um, they're sort of wrapped in cotton wool quite a lot of the time, I find. Do you think they, you know, there's certain programmes, I think they give a certain feel of the countryside. And it's quite interesting. Maybe slightly unrealistic. Quite possibly. And I do think it's really interesting when I have got a group of children, uh, or most children that I teach, one of the things they're fascinated most by is cutting the fish up. Yes. Like, oh, it's, it's hot. And they love that. They yeah. think that's just amazing. And then they understand it and I, I don't know why we're not allowed to see things like that why it's seen as a bad thing fishing programs in the past they used to catch the trout and they would cook them on the riverbank and a lot of that doesn't happen now although I believe Jamie Oliver and a lot of um, Hugh Fernley Whistle they've been out doing things yeah, and there's people working yeah. on it but I think you're right this is this is the problem uh, digressing a little now into food food is purchased in plastic yeah. in a tray from the shop and most people don't, well, a lot of youngsters don't understand. But know. I think that's probably because they don't get the opportunity. And whereas, ironically, you know, uh, a sort of mass-produced, you know, meat with, with animals in, in not very nice conditions and yeah. not seeing, uh, you know, okay. the light of day versus uh, the stealth and skill of someone tiptoeing down a riverbank and mm. hooking into a trout, you know, mm. it's fair game. They didn't have to take that fly. They might have come off that fly, but you landed them. And then that's in the pot. I think there's something. I don't know. I think I think I think children can see things. I think that it depends on where you're living. I think children in the middle of a town don't have access to that, and it's trying to get those children in towns to be able to have the opportunity. And I think there are. I mean, I know particularly in Hampshire, we've got a. I mean, I guess we're in the countryside, but that they do, they are encouraging children to come out and to catch fish. And there is fishing for schools. There's all sorts of things. I think, I think everybody's trying. Is that something you're involved in beyond coaching? I am not at the moment. I've no. got too much going on. I hope at some point I will have more time. I never seem to have enough time in a day a trouble, uh, to put it? things back. So I, I teach all ages, but I don't particularly have time to run... Um... I mean, I'm sort of, sort of listening to you talk and, you know, I've seen you fishing before and casting, which is amazing, and I'm just sort of picturing, you know, a, a, a sort of a bank setting, the little hut, nice day, 
30 youngsters, oh, shock horror, you know, sat there <laughs> and they're doing different things. I mean, what an amazing experience. I think, and it's not, as I say, on the riverbank. And that really would be lovely for inner city, wouldn't it's it? It's not Obviously. about. It's not necessarily about getting them to cast no, a rod and to catch no. a fish. It's about being out there. It's about finding tadpoles. It's about picking, you know, looking at, looking for newts. It's about looking at the dragonflies. It's about get, opening their eyes out to this amazing mm. world that is there. Yeah. Um, and encourage. And, and I think once it, once you can sow that seed of how amazing it is, if you can sow it in young enough, I do think the kind of uh, looking off the environment and the impact of how we affect the environment starts children start to then pick up on that I think if they've not experienced it then obviously they're not really going to know no. so it's encouraging them to go out but I think everybody's trying to do things yeah. um, and get people out there more yeah yeah well it, it, it's got to be good isn't it to open the mind you know being surrounded by you know, a town, you know, sort of high-rises, sort of built-up areas. Yeah. There always seems to be that... I see those programmes on the TV, you know, and you see those youngsters... Come, I think there was one where they went to a farm, you know, and they were sort of in a city and came out, and some of the reactions were sort of negative, you know, because of the mud and the, uh, the the goo and everything else. But others were sort of, this is amazing. Yeah. Space, air, trees, Well, grass, I think, you know? you know, if we go back to the kind of COVID thing that we've all just been living through, the one thing that they've all come round with is that we all need to be outside. And beyond all doubt, I mean, any at weekends you can see people cramming to get on top of the South Downs trying to get to beaches, because you feel better mm. being outside than stuck mm. inside concrete. Um, it's just it's just natural. We're meant to be outside. We're not meant to be in artificial light and no. stuck indoors. It's no. not good for you. Um, so you've got these people coming to see you. They want to learn how to fish. Mm. What makes a good coach? Oh, uh, oh so many. Let me refine that. What so makes a good fly fishing coach? I think so many different things. Um, I think, first of all, picking up on... The person's personality uh, and how to pace yourself with that. Do you person. need to be a really good fisher woman or man to be a good coach as well? No, I don't actually. I, th I think depends what you mean by that. Yes, you need to be able to catch a fish. You mm. need to understand how to cast a rod. Mm. But do you need to be the very best and have won competitions? No, you certainly do not. Um, but I think what you need to do is you need to have a, an empathy with the person you're looking after and making sure... The main thing is making sure they're very comfortable yeah. and they're having a good time. Yeah. They're enjoying themselves because nobody will learn if they're not happy or if they're finding it too difficult, if they're miserable. You need to be patient because some people will pick up a rod and you get the odd person who's quite natural at it. And it's like, oh, great, great, we can move this forward. And they're getting excited because you're getting excited and you're rubbing off on each other. But you'll get some people who pick up a rod and they find it, genuinely find it just like some mad snake that's whizzing around the place <laughs> and you know, crashing into the undergrowth and they can't get their wrists right and uh, the whole thing goes horribly wrong. So you've got to have that patience and also that ability to keep moving them on without them kind of realising that you're changing what they're doing, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. I do. It's quite difficult to put yeah, that I into do. words because that sounds as if I'm being slightly condescending to no, the person no, no, I'm no. teaching. I'm not, but you've got to have that ability to make them feel that even if they've done something small, they've achieved a lot. Yes. Because I well, look back to when I started and, you know, thrashing into foam. And it takes a long time to kind of get it right. Well, it's one of those things as well, isn't it? The harder you try, mm. the tougher it becomes. Yeah. 
And to be honest, to catch lake fishing particularly, if you go to a, a, a commercial fishery where they're constantly putting in rainbow trout for you to catch, yeah. those rainbow trout really... Um, you know, they've been fed on pellets. They're sure. relatively easy to catch. Yes. To catch. And so even if you can just cast, literally just flick it out, mm. you know, just flick it out with the right fly, mm. you'll catch a fish. Mm. And that's all you need. And that's how I started. There's you so know, many no different idea. flies. There's oh, hundreds. There's hundreds and hundreds. And, and, the, and um, the wackiest of names as well. Yeah, the names are great. And I love the fact some of them are so traditional. And yeah. they were tied back in the kind of early 1900s. Out of all the flies available today, mm. what percentage stem from the start? What are real traditional flies? What percentage of those flies are really traditional ooh, flies, would you a, say? I would say, ooh, I would probably say 80% of them. 90%. Really? I think there's still a lot of, you know, Greenwell's Glory, there are, um, so oh, God, London. Pheasant Tail Nymphs, Pheasant Tail like Nymphs, yeah. you know, all of those, we're still using those today. They're yeah. fantastic. I think things are slightly changing in that it used to be a proper dry fly, if you're thinking of dry fly fishing, what I would call a true dun, which sits right on the surface. And those were very traditional patterns. I think what a lot of us are going more to now are what we call emerging patterns, where the, the fly sits more in the water, it's a bit straggly, it might have what looks like a shuck on it people are kind of using those flies more and slightly changing um do you think this is is this this adds value or do you think it's just people just sort of trying to create trying to be different no i don't think it adds, uh, no two? no no i think it's because we're, we're um the understanding it very much used to be you know you want that you're because it used to be it was um Halford, who basically said we need to be catching, or particularly, I'm talking the chalk streams here, yes. not not, uh, no, not, not talking not the chalk streams. Yeah. It's got to be a fly presented, a natural. You're imitating the natural fly that has hatched off the water. So it was what we would call a true dun that's just hatched off that would be floating down, and that's what people were imitating. They then started tying nymphs, which sink <laughs> down. Excuse me. And people thought, oh, that's cheating. That's not quite on. You know, it's not quite on. I don't know why, because sometimes they just won't come up the top and right. you've got to have that arm so that sweet corn, But I it? think one of, you know, if you think from a fish's perspective, it's always going to be taking, it's always going to go for easy prey. Yeah. And if it's got something that's, you know, these nymphs come up, they travel up to the surface, they then have to hatch out of a kind of like a shuck. Uh, they, they hatch out and that's when they're most vulnerable and that's when the fish are going to grab them. Yeah. So I think we're realising, or I mean, it's people have known for a long time, but fishermen are now, it's becoming more broad that people are using these emerging patterns more and more. Interesting. Yeah. And are you tying your own flies? Well, embarrassingly, having been an instructor for 20 years and blah, 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 <laughs> I have never had time, I'm going to just say it here now, we're filming, I've never had time, I've got a busy, busy home life. You know, the last thing I've got is time to sit down, tie flies. And, um, but... I've now started tying flies, and Ooh. I am loving it. Are it's you? so much so you're fun. You're going to become the South's Megan Boyd. Are no, you? I certainly. Well, that would be a mate. No, that Wouldn't would it? be another thing. No, but it's um, it's just so much fun. And again, like my fishing, I'm finding it all absorbing. And because I've fished for so long, I kind of know what they want. Yes. People, people, I, I kind of annoy clients sometimes because when I'm guiding, which is a different thing to instructing, you know, teaching, casting lesson, guiding is a different thing. You're People are usually competent, they know what they're doing, but it's the, it's the fly life, most of it, and reading the river. Um, and they will turn up and they'll bought this fantastic box of flies, which they've got from somewhere, and they're things of beauty yes. and quite expensive. <laughs> and I go, yeah, great, great, great. 
and we'd be on the water. And I'd go, okay, but you just use one of mine. And I'd go, well, what's wrong with these? And I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. For a I just place you know, at a different time. I just know this is what. And so yeah. all the time, I'm kind of now when I'm tying flies, I'm kind of thinking, you know, looking at it from below, thinking, what is it the fish is seeing? You know, yeah, it's not. And that's so often you'll go in a, um, a shop and you'll be looking at flies. And some of them are definitely to catch the fishermen. They're almost too perfect. They're almost too perfect. You know the all... fish is looking at something that's a bit, you know, maybe got a leg missing. I or do it's see struggling. it's a lovely therapeutic art. You know, and if well, sometimes I don't find it that relaxing <laughs> when it goes wrong. But uh, I mean, it's great I'm not, fun. not to name drop, but there is a, a fabulous chap. I don't know if you've uh, if you've come across him. Um, I think his, his Insta tag is Wonder Boy Fly Tying. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. his name's Louis. Yeah, that's and, right. And, it, and I don't think he's... It's a lovely story, actually. Mm. But, um, you know, and, and there's lots of there's lots of great people out there tying flies. It is a real art form. But I just stumbled across him, and he's, he's a lovely chap. Some of the things he's tying are just... I think the, the, am, the amazing skill, beautiful. I think, I'm finding, because I've got... I'm quite little-fingered and, you know, can... can but what I'm finding is tying, I like really, particularly later on in the season when the fish get very fussy and the, the upwings get a lot smaller. So we're, we're going down to tiny flies. Mm. And it's when you look at those guys who are tying size 20s and 22s, you just think, oh, they're um, and they are perfect. Oh, You know, yeah. they're absolutely exquisite. And how they tie them. Do they have a giant um, sort of magnifying Oh, yeah, I I have got, so I've got my vice here, and then I've got this massive magnifier, um, which is brilliant (laughs) because (laughs) it's kind of depressing because I can then see where I'm going wrong, you know, and tying them. But it's it's great fun, and, I mean, it won't save you any money because you end up buying, you know, I'm now realising, oh, but I haven't got this and I haven't got that and I haven't got this, so I'm going to have to buy more and more stuff. But it's the the fascination of doing it. It's it's fantastic fun. I'm loving it. Do you um, do you ever fish with cane rods? I a ca- I have a few clients who fish with cane rods, mm. um, and I have got a cane rod which a very lovely friend gave me, mm. and they are a thing of beauty. They mm. are they they are they. I love the way they're so they've got this lovely bend, so they they really bend all the way through, yeah. and they're very gentle and they're very nice for roll casting a line out, nice. and on the chalk streams particularly. You're not usually casting very far to a rising fish. So they are, um, they're lovely. And when you play a fish, because they're so bendy, yeah. when you, and I'm always catching release, you've got this nice bend. So when the fish is pulling, the rod is giving all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you get what we call stiff action rod, which is very, if, if, if this is the rod, yes. stiff up here and the only bit that bends is the top bit. Yes. If you think of a fish on the end of that, it's yeah. jarring. The sure. fish is fighting and it's being jarred. Yeah. Whereas some, I mean, I've caught a fish in a cane rod and it's, you get the fish and it's like, did something just happen there? It's like, <laughs> what's going on? Because it's very gentle. So for playing fish, I actually quite like them. What I find with them though is, um, I haven't picked up any modern ones I've been on, but the, the ones mm. I've used, they're quite heavy. Yes. And what I really like is the modern rods. They're so light. Yeah. They're ju- and they're so crisp to use and they're just, yeah, they're, f- they're fine. They're fine. Do, do you think it's the thing with modern rods, you know, the more money you spend, the better rod? Or do you think there's a point, I know we've got to be careful here because of different brands, but I'm, I'm being sort of, you know, open and honest. Do you think there's a point where it, it starts to bottom out and you're just buying for vanity rather than, you know, what it can give you uh, on I the bank side? I think it depends on you personally, it depends on. What I mean, I look at some of these shotguns are over a hundred grand. You know, I mean, they don't make you a better shot. They're things of beauty. Some are investments, some are not. 
Um, some, so I would, I would agree with that. So I think sometimes when you're, when you're buying those very expensive rods, what are you getting? You know, the the, the cork will be high grade quality cork. The whole thing is just beautifully done. You know, everything is is beautiful. Mm. And some of those rods, when you pick them up, um, I'm not going to name names because no, it's no, too no, difficult. No, no need. But there was a rod I picked up, uh, in fact, I don't know if it was last year. Anyway, it was a new rod that came out on the market. And I picked it up and it honestly, to me, it, w- it would be the equivalent of playing a Stradivarius. It was just a thing of joy. Yeah. Um, I could feel everything. So it was it yeah. was fantastic for distance. But and it that's a personal all the way thing through. Well, it was it? just like, oh, what? That's just a thing of beauty. But... It's an awful lot of money. Is it going to help me catch more fish? I can pick up, again, I'm not going to name... No, uh, but a much cheaper rods. rod. I could pick up a rod that I picked up off eBay that cost, you know, 50 quid or something yes. with a fly line on it, and I'd still, you know, you would still be able to catch fish. It's the beauty, and also the li- the fly lines yes. are very important. If yes. you, you can have that rod that costs £1,000 and you can put on a really rotten fly line, the wrong kind of fly line for what you're trying to do with it, and the two, it, you'll never like it. It will be horrible. So, I think a lot of the time it's getting those two together and also buying the fly line for what you need. Yes. Are you nymphing? Do you need long presentation? You need yes. a long front taper? They're so everything's all got to be well balanced. Everything's got weight to be well rod, balanced. Weight of rod, weight of line. And I da, think da, da. it's, um, I think, sadly, I think there is a kind of middle ground. So I think people do buy those expensive rods, A, because they enjoy their casting mm. and they want a thing of beauty. It's like, I can drive and I've got loads of money, so I'm going to buy a Ferrari. Yes. Fine, Don't if that's what off. you want. <laughs> well, no. But if that's what you want, that's absolutely fine. Yes. I think you do whatever, you know, but again, if you want to buy a budget, it just doesn't matter. Whatever do you, works. Do, do you find, though, really, it's about feeling comfortable it's an individual thing feeling comfortable you know you, yeah. you, you the clothes you wear the, the 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 gear the brands or the style whatever that you buy into you need to feel comfy don't you and not literally comfy but you need to feel i mean we're all governed by different things aren't we, we you know some people buy one brand of guns some people buy another why they all do the same thing but they're psychologically there's a you know, maybe we buy into brands yeah. or a feel, but it is all about just, oh, I feel comfortable. I've got yeah. those boots, that gun, yeah. that hat, that jacket. That makes you, that makes you, it that, does, that, although that, that I, enables I, you to turn it on more, doesn't it? It does, but I do think also there is a thing where people do buy the wrong rod. Mm. And it might be it might be just too floppy. I was going to ask actually, could could that be a personal thing? And I'm going to talk about say an established person. Mm. If you said, "Oh, blimey, he's over there. That rod's far too uh, heavy for for this water," but is that wrong to suggest? that he might be comfortable with said fishing on such a water. So is there is there a set? There are different rods for different situations. But could you chop them over? Are you Would everybody go, no, that rod's for that, that rod's for that? Or do some people, in effect, use the wrong Most rods? Most people buy a standard rod, which is usually, for, for the kind of fishing that I'm doing, for lake and river, most buy a nine-foot, five-weight. That's yeah. the kind of norm. Standard go-to, um, yeah. But luckily, people are changing. It's a bit like if you play golf... I don't play golf, but I understand there are a whole load of sticks, clubs, whatever they are. Something and like that. you use different ones for different things. And it's exactly the same with rods. And I think, yes, you will get away with catching a lot of fish on nine foot five weight all over the place. Mm. But if you want to get better and if you want to fun, because mm. it's fun using different stuff, then go for shorter rods, lighter rods, go for longer rods and lighter rods. Change and you'll catch more you will catch more fish because it's all about the fly line landing, yes. the weight of the fly line. So if you, you know, beginning of the season 
season, fish aren't quite so spooky, they're not so angler savvy. You can get away with a five, six weight even on some of these rivers. Yeah. Um, but you get to August when the river's low and they've seen a thousand fishermen, you won't get near those fish. No. But it's a compromise because if you go down to a light line, which means that when it unrolls on the water, because mm. fish can't hear, they've not got ears, but they have a lateral line in the body, they pick up vibration. So anything landing on the water they feel. So if you go down to a three weight, depends what size of fish you're after. Some of these big fish, it's hot conditions, it's then a compromise because you've got, if you're going to catch and release, you've got to bring those fish in quickly. Yeah. So maybe a 10 foot four weight would be the better option. Yeah. Um, depends again how competent you are. It's, it, oh, it's, it's such a complex, I mean, I'm sure it's like that with guns, Simon. It's just so complex. Everything depends on your casting style as well. Yes. And what suits you. Some people want a real fast well, I suppose, action rod. I suppose some with people guns, want some, you, yeah. you might have different balls, but I guess people would also maybe just change their cartridges, you know, in a sort of a, to compare, you know, yeah. relating to what they're heavier for game, lighter for clay, yeah. say. Um, it's interesting that it's something I've, I, I, you know, I've, I've never sort of thought about the detail that goes oh, in. Oh, crack! It just goes on, and the fly lines. I mean, if you look in a catalogue or you walk into any of the tackle shops, how do you know which one? Well, to I was going to say there for the layman, so it's it's it's, it's so like walking into a bright many. light, isn't it? It's like there are go, so many, and some definitely. Um, so it depends what you're using them for. If you, as I say, if you're nymphing or if you want very. Uh, light presentation of a, a, a little delicate dry fly. Mm. Um, they're all for slightly different things. Some of them are better for spay casting um, because of the taper, the way it's shaped. And some can hinder you and some can really help you. So sometimes I will get a, a, an experienced angler will come along with his rod that he's been using for a couple of years and he's got a line mm. on it. And it's like, I'm not getting much out of it. And you kind of look at his technique and it's actually quite good. Mm. And you go, okay, Let's just, so I normally take, I normally have reels with lots of different lines on them. Maybe all five weights, but different profiles sure. of the fly line. And we'll try a few different fly lines. And it's amazing how sometimes you'll put one on. Um, I actually had a guy, and I can't remember what the rod was that he had, but he came along and we actually ended up with a double taper fly line, which right. is not heavy, it's not yeah. really chunky at one end, it's... it's and we put this on and we picked, I picked it up first of all and I thought, oh, it's like that. I went, okay, handed it to him, didn't say anything and we'd been trying and one was kind of like, he said, oh, yeah, it's a bit better. Picked it up and he went, that is amazing. amazing and I was like, it? there you are. Tiny and, you detail. know, tiny, tiny things like yeah. that. And sometimes with the, it just depends what people are That's doing. That's what we find with the, with the shooting with people who shoot, you know, and they say, oh, I really can't do this or I can't do that or I'm really struggling. Mm. And it's usually, as I say, just, uh, you know, uh, sort of a few millimetres that way or something yeah. a few millimetres, just a minor change, and it just opens up. Yeah. And it's also, really I mean, lovely. I mean, really casting lovely. I mean, technique is obviously everything. So once you understand it, it's it doesn't really matter what line, you know, to, to an extent you can you can cast it. Yeah. But it's making it easier for you, and it's the enjoyment out of it as well. Mm. Um, so, for example, I had uh, a few years ago, we went... Um, bone fishing and there was a new line that came out on the market and um i'm gonna have to be a bit careful here but basically dare i say it it, it was very it was very very heavy at the front end because you've got that thing you're on a boat yeah. you can't have lots of line out you're on, right. on a little skiff and somebody's going cast 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 so what they do is at the front of the line they put all the weight at the front of yes. the line so literally it's like a bomb going yeah. out there it's just yes. poof, the weight pulls the fly line out now that's kind of okay but the problem is you bonefish can be very spooky and it was a disaster for me because 
if I was trying to get distant with it, it just wouldn't. It was, I, it was then hinging, so it was stunned to fall down, yeah. but it was crashing, crashing every yeah. time. Yeah. So I then went the got another fly line, a bone fishing line with a really long head on it. Yeah, a thing of joy, but it depends. It depends on, dare I say it, you know, your experience level. If you've not well, done much, craft, isn't it? then picking that heavier one up yeah. is going to be really easy for you. Yeah. So again, it's it's, but it's also people. Fishermen, when they, I'm sure it's the same with shooting, you know, they just want to go fishing. So they've got the rod, they've got the line, and they don't really think much. They haven't got time to think beyond that. They haven't got time to try and use all the different lines. So it's great when I get people coming to me and I can show them different stuff and how it works mm. and why this line will make a difference mm. and why it works in this way. And, you know, it's easy stuff when you know it, but if you haven't got time to look at it all up. But that, but that is the, that's the passion though, isn't it? That's getting involved. I mean, I... You know, I from a very young age, I don't know why, I really love Land Rovers. Yeah, I've always loved Land Rovers. And uh, so I started buying the magazines and reading about them. And five years That's later... That's quite obsession. I'm an it? anorak, yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, but it was just an it was just a, a, a strange thing, you know. No, it's not strange at all. But the point is, it's sort of, because I had an interest, yeah. you absorb, you know, I information. It's, it's just why, you know, I feel sorry for some youngsters... Because we are also very different, mm. and some people are, you know, super bright and sharp when they're young at school, and others uh, not so. But then when they get into their late teens or their early twenties, they Develop. then blossom, yeah. you know, and, and and you know, then have this ability to to withhold information. They have a passion. Mm. Um, I think that is is what then you know, takes you on the journey. You say there's lots of lines, lots of different details, but that's the fun, isn't it? And I think oh, if you don't get that, maybe then you're, maybe you're doing the wrong thing or you just keep it basic. You know, you have one rod, one I bit think, of line. And I think people have, a lot, a lot of guys I see, they just haven't got the time. So they maybe come down, they maybe be four days a year on the test and that's it, or five okay. days a year. So they have, although they love it, they just haven't got the time. But that's, that's different though. Then you surely you just go, well, look, I want a guide. Can you just set me up? I love, I'm really into it. Mm. But if you can just take care of the details and I can just enjoy the actual motion and being... I mean, I sort I, of get that. I do, but it's great when you can... I mean, I had a um, I had a really... I've got a lovely, lovely client who is a friend and I've known for years. He's been with me for a long, long time. We now just fish together quite often. Lovely. And uh, he's... I don't know quite how old he is. I think he might be 70-ish. Right. Maybe late 60s, early 70s. I think he's 70s, early okay. 70s. And he's all, he's been fishing with a certain way. I've got him to buy different rods now. So he's got nine foots, but he's got five and he's got three. Uh, no, he's got ten foot three. So he's got some different rods. Anyway, last summer we were out and I was trying to get him to use a longer leader. Nine foot leaders are the standard most yeah. people use. Yeah. Okay. Most of the time I use a lot. Well, not most of the time, but in the summer I'm always using much longer leaders. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I said, look, it's going to be really difficult. Why do you use a longer leader? Because if you think about, remember, I was talking about the fish being yes. frightened of stuff. Yes. I want to keep that fly line, which they slightly feel, as far away Got from you. that fish I'm as possible. I'm just saying, if anybody's listening, so, who's thinking or... Yeah, so yeah. if I can get a 15-foot leader, the yeah. fly line's way back here. Um, I have been out before where I've put on a 12-foot leader, nothing, gone to 15, nothing, gone to 18, then I've started called What's the max fish. length on a leader that's going to then start affecting the cast? Oh, I don't know. I mean, 18 foot's about my limit, really. Yeah. I haven't gone beyond that. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sure there are people out there who do. But it's, it's trying Surely to get the fish it to are fly. far too scared to catch with anything. Well, it's not so much that, but if you've got a really, really long leader and it's quite soft and supple, yeah. you're going to end up with quite a bit of slack, Absolutely, possibly, yeah. and so yeah. you'll miss the take. Yeah. I think the fish will take the fly, mm. but you'll miss hooking into it because mm. you'll just be too far away from it. Mm. But this guy came along, and again, and he was, no, no, I can't, I'm not, it's too difficult for me, I'm not using a 12-foot leader. Okay, so I didn't say anything, I just put a 12-foot leader on. And we went out together, and I was like, Anyway, a little wild fish rising. Okay, so a little tiny fly, cast it out. And he did the cast, and as he did the cast, he turned around and he said, that was, did you see that cast, Jenny? Wasn't that a beautiful presentation? <laughs> okay, do it again. He did it again, and he caught the fish, and, I, and he went, I'm so pleased with my casting this morning. And I said, you know you've got a 12-foot leader on? And he went, I can't believe you did that. Now, and he said to me at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of this year, I've because we're going fishing this year, and he said, of all the things you've taught me, he said, that he said it's changed my life changed my life and he's, he's now adding tippet he's now maybe stretching to 15 foot and he said and understanding why he and had did to you do see it. that you, you saw him casting and you thought i'm gonna make that change but without telling him yeah yeah See, that's fabulous. Well, we hadn't even got... No, we hadn't even got to the river. He, I just knew... Sorry, I haven't been out with him chance, many times before, so you thought I'm going to... I just knew gonna, that yeah, day... Here's my chance to make a difference. It was spooky, and yeah. I just thought... I just thought, we'll try it, and it was just so funny. See, that's fabulous. And again, the leaders as well, some of them are quite stiff, some of them are very supple. So, again, it's looking at lead materials, tippet materials. I mean, it's just endless. It's endless. Yeah. But it's such a lovely sensation, isn't it? Even just to stand there and watch him and, and then see that reaction. Oh, it was just his joy. I mean, it was yeah. just like, I mean, that's such a simple thing. But he just didn't know. Mm. You know, it's just because he hadn't had time and, you know. And I guess it's having time. You know, if you're really obsessed, then you'll read Trout and Salmon magazine. You'll get all the hints and things. There's always information. But again, people are busy. They haven't well, always I, got I time. I think you take it to a level that fits, don't yeah. you? I mean, we have people that come in the school that, you know, <clears throat> and not to devalue metaphorically, but they, they just have a standard gun and, you well, know, it's like the same me, coat. When and I hat, came to see they, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, they, I, I only do a bit of shooting a tiny bit. Yeah, and they come in once in a blue moon and, and that's their fill and they have a coffee. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. And actually, they're brilliant because they don't want to talk about cartridges and chokes and all these detail bits, you know, that most do. Mm. I find that, I, th I think it's lovely. I think you go into something as, as much, you know, you, you get your, your fulfilment at different levels. I think different that's levels, the thing with you? teaching as well. It's figuring out how much actually does this person want to know. I know that sounds kind of um, a bit odd, but there are, with different people I teach in different ways, some people are not interested in understanding the real nitty-gritty. They no. just want me to tell them what to do and they'll do they it. And that's, that's, that they, that's all they're interested in. Yeah. And that's fine. And then I'll go... And, and if you tell them too much, it just confuses people. Is, do you think it's accessible enough, fishing now? Uh, for, sorry, for, for the layman, for someone wakes up tomorrow, do you know what? I really want to try fishing. I think so. I think everybody out there is tripping over themselves to get more people encouraged. I mean, every, you know, I do Instagram and Facebook and look at all the websites and, and just, people... Just on that point, what, go on, free, uh, free advertising there. What's your Insta tag? Oh, Jilly Bates. Not very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> At Jilly Bates on Insta. Bait, yeah. And yeah. you've got a website. Sorry, just to cut in, because you've got a little agency, haven't you? That, I that, have. Uh, um, I. Um, but not so... to be confused with the. Just, just talk me through because there's it's fly. The company is Fly Odyssey. Fly Odyssey, I was going to say Fly Fishing my Odyssey. business Sorry. partner, he is, basically, he's a travel agent for fly fishermen overseas. Yes. And hopefully now with travel, hopefully coming back on the agenda, he'll, he'll start ramping up. He's been established for about 15 years. He's got yep. destinations 
all over the world for all species of fish. Yeah. Um, and we work together on the chalk stream side, but mainly I do the chalk stream. So Good. we've got another company called Fly Odyssey chalkstream.co.uk so his is flyodyssey.co.uk and mine has got the chalkstream bit sandwiched in perfect so he's so, for Europe and beyond and you're really UK just to sort of simplify yeah he does, he does the whole world and yeah. he's all over yeah. the place yeah. um, and I do the UK so yes yeah, so I sell fishing day rods I sell beats for individual fishermen corporate days I've got guides who work for me um, I and then I do private tuition as well at lakes or I do guiding. We kind of try and do it all really and try to keep everybody happy, whoever they want to do. But you think it's nice and accessible, very easy for people to get into? I think nowadays, I think people are, um, if you walk into any tackle shop, if you, or, or, I mean, literally I get people asking me and I'll say, where do you live? And I'll say, so, I don't know, Sussex. Just put fly fishing, Sussex, and see what comes up. Or if you know there's a river nearby, so we've got the River Rother near us where we are today. Yes. River Rother fishing or River Rother fly fishing. And you will, and stuff will pop, 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 all pop up. And then find what suits you. There are clubs around. You can have private lessons. There are instructors all over the country. Mm. Um, You know, you can, you can find, or email people, email me. You know, I can help people all over the place. Where, um, where does Jilly Bait go over the next five, ten years with coaching, with, well, obviously with fishing, you'll keep fishing, but, uh, you know, have you hit <clears throat> have you hit your spot now? Are you just a very good coach? You've got a good client base. Hopefully you'll add to that. Or is there, are there developments, things you want to do moving beyond? Oh, gosh, that's a big question. Um, I don't know. I, I've all, It's very funny. I've never really planned any of it. So I kind of... I don't know, I'm just kind of rolling with it. It's still yeah. going, that ball's still going. And I never thought when I started out, I'd have ended up doing some of the stuff I've I've done. And, yeah. and I've, I've been unbelievably lucky and all my lovely friends and everybody out there, I can't thank all of, all of the people and they all know. I've had yeah. so much yeah. help over the years. It's been phenomenal. Um, I would like to do more fishing around the UK as much as I love my overseas stuff. I'd like to do more trout fishing around the UK. I think there are so many amazing places. Um, the chalk streams that I fish, I fish in a certain way and I want to do more um, freestone rivers, which... Yeah. Slightly different, slightly harder, because at the moment, everything I see is very visual. I see the trout, I watch it, I can see it behaviour, I see what's happening in the river. I want to do rivers which are harder and more fun. So that's a personal thing. I'd like to fish on the islands as well, up in Scotland. Yes. I think that'd be great fun. Um, it's amazing, isn't it? So many, so many wonderful places, even yeah. in our little isle. And even I, you know, I, yeah. I, there's loads of us. Teaching, I, I hope, I hope, I want to maintain the level. I think uh, I, got, I got to advanced level, which was, I found hard to get to that. Um, I'm very happy. I won't get to master level. Master, it, you it's just... Why, sorry, you won't, Why? Because you, it's like being a trained athlete, and the f the the it will. Is that be, a time thing though? It's a time thing. So it's, it's not the a commitment practice. on you. And also, capable. you well, no, I don't think it, it's so hard, and it's very technical, very very technical. And the thing with the boys now, I I am doing a boy girl here thing, and yeah. people might not like it. Okay. So when I started out, I wanted just to fish. I wanted to get better at casting. Boys love the nitty-gritty, like taking a reel apart and looking at it and, yeah. and how the rod works and taking the lines apart and making their own fly lines. I haven't got time to do all that. Yeah, but that sounds a little unnecessary. That sounds like a detail that's, yeah, right. I so agree. It's anorak, isn't I, well, it? It's anorak. Is it really... It's relevant, but it, does it really... I don't know. 
I think I don't know. so. There are so some of my very lovely friends are kind of right up at that very top level, and uh, when I'm with you know I I you know I think I've got to a certain stage and you know I can catch fish there I say you know when I go to the test I, you know I would never expect not to catch a fish yes. you know I've done enough of it now yes. down there um but there is a certain person uh, a Mr Proctor who every anybody who's into fishing listening to this will know him he's a great friend um he's an amazing fisherman and when he comes down and we fish together he still will catch more than me. Even though this is my home turf and I fish it all the time, annoyingly. Tilly, if we, could, we got the wrong person on the podcast. Yeah, so you probably have. You'll have to actually. get on. Yeah. But he is just, you know, he's a fish whisperer. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he will spend, you will fish with him and before you even catch a fish, he'll be sitting for an hour. And I've phoned him sometimes, like, what are you doing? And he's going, I'm just watching a fish. I'm coming out tomorrow to get it, but I thought I'd watch it today. Oh, and you think, that, that's commitment. I haven't got time to it do that. It sounds like the Chris Yates of fly fishing, although I think Chris Yates did do a bit of fly fishing. No, I mean, he, he's phenomenal. And I, th- I think to get to that stage, you have got to be... I mean, he re- I'm obsessed. He's really obsessed. Yeah. And the most amazing fly tire. And you have to have it all. And I, you know, I'll be talking about things and he will suddenly... You know, he's been, he's been tying flies since he was 12, you know. Right. And it's that knowledge that, sadly, I wish I'd started when I was 12. I wish I hadn't waited till I was 25, 30 to start. 25 was when I... Caught my first fish, yeah. but really it was thirty when it started kicking off. Thirty-five when I really started to get into it, and I just wish I'd started sooner. But you know. well, I do, do. You know what? I I know what you mean. And there's lots of things I wish I'd started when I was younger. And then you get into it and think, oh, you know. Mm. But you've done it. You're doing it. Yeah, and I You're love it. You're bloody I'm, good at oh, it as well, okay. which I know firsthand. <laughs> uh, although I think I'm going to need quite a few more lessons. No. Um, You've been an absolute pleasure. So interesting. We could go on and on and on and on. (laughs) And I thought, well, rather than do that, why don't we get you to come back maybe at the end of this coming season and we'll have to go out and fish together then we'll have lots to talk about well let's create some more let's do some stuff to create some more chit chat um, which would be fabulous because I could talk for hours well Simon Um, thank you so much for inviting me over it's a pleasure for doing your first podcast I'm absolutely honoured to be here no you're kicking it off we've um, set a very high bar so watch out next guest thank you um, Jilly Bate, fly fishing coach extraordinaire. (laughs) Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. And we'll hopefully see you again really soon. Okay, bye. God bless. (laughs) Oh, I'm exhausted.